The Poorly Made Police podcast is for entertainment purposes only. This podcast has explicit content and is meant for a mature audience. The views expressed on this poorly made podcast reflect the opinions of the guests and hosts. They do not reflect the opinion of any department or entity. Nothing on this poorly made podcast should be construed as legal or marital advice. If something offends you, I kindly invite you to lighten the fuck up. If you want to support this very poorly made podcast, click the link at the end of the description and become a monthly sponsor of the podcast. Or buy yourself some nice poorly made police memes merch. Not only does it look good on you, it's also a favorite of wives, exes, children, nurses, nuns, IA investigators, defense attorneys, and the chief. And of course, take care of the fine sponsors of this podcast. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the orgasmic sound of a Crown Vic. Oh, hey there. Welcome to the 52nd version of the Very Poorly Made Police Memes podcast. I'm your host. As you can tell, I've gotten lazy. I don't even come up with names anymore. But anyway, I uh, think you guys are going to enjoy this episode. Kind of get back to my roots, so to speak. And I talked to just a regular dude who is a officer down in Louisiana. Good cat. Good dude. I think you guys will enjoy the conversation. We cover a lot of ground in a short amount of time. But before we get to the podcast, of course, I got to give thanks to the uh, sponsor of this podcast who makes this all possible on Sundays, and that's uh, OfficerPrivacy.com. If you guys are regular listeners to the podcast, you know, I talk about these guys quite a bit. I really believe in what they're doing, and just having that sense of privacy in these times that you don't have to worry about anybody looking up your address and coming to your house, God forbid you're in one of these critical incidents, is a big deal. Just a quick Google search right before I started recording. I just Googled protest at officer's home and an incident in Rock Hill, South Carolina just came up yesterday where protesters were at a cop's house. It's not something that's made up or fake or this is stuff that actually happens in real life. And when you're out there on the job, potentially could happen to you. So take some steps to protect your house and your family and check out my friends over at Officer Privacy. Now, if you're not sure exactly what officer privacy does, I'll tell you. They have two ways to help you take back your privacy. You can do it yourself. Officer privacy created custom, easy-to-use software so you can quickly navigate through the top 30 people search sites and delete your information. They have instructions on all the sites, and they include a simple way how to keep track of it all. And they provide their access to the software free for 14 days. Plenty of time to go through and delete your information. Or sign up for their premium service, and OfficerPrivacy.com takes care of everything for you. You sign up, and Officer Privacy's staff of current and former U.S.-based law enforcement officers will remove the top 30 people sites for you. And then they monitor those sites, and if you show up again, they remove it again. So check these guys out, OfficerPrivacy.com. All of the links and all that good stuff on the podcast description and then on Sunday on the meme page. I don't really have a ton to babble about before we get into the meat of the podcast today. I guess I probably should have saved all the babbling from last week for this week, but here we are. The uh, Sex Dungeon, poorly made police memes headquarters, is coming together nicely. As always, if you got a patch or a coin you want to send me or some cool shit, just uh, send me a message on Facebook, Instagram, email me, and I'll let you know how to do that. I am, like I said, 
many other times I am very humbled that A, anybody listens to this podcast and B, that you guys have sent me some really fucking cool shit. So thank you guys. I do appreciate it. Well, with that said, let's uh, go to the band. And that band is the boys over at Blacktop Radio. I played them a little ways back in December. I was pretty fucking impressed. They're uh, based out of Lexington, Kentucky. A little country western for y'all. They, uh, this is a new song that actually, ironically, comes out the 29th. So, right on time. So, this is Blacktop Radio with their new song, This Ain't Love. All right, now coming to us from the state of Louisiana is my good friend Carl. Carl, how are you, pal? Doing awesome. How are you? I'm uh, I'm living a dream, man. I'm uh, hanging out with you, man, recording a podcast in my basement. What could be better? Yeah, you're right. I should have gave the standard answer, but oh well. That standard living the dream by cops is just, it's got to go away, but it's just, it just happens, man. It, it slips out of everybody's mouth. I, I can't stop myself. I know you probably can't either. I don't know what it is. It's almost like it's expected. Yeah, I feel like the first time I really remembered hearing that was in Wedding Crashers. And Vince Vaughn said it at some point in the movie, and I just remember it being the funniest shit in the world. That's where I picked it up. I don't know if that's where it started or not. Could be. I'm not sure. I think the first time I probably heard it was probably uh, probably whenever I went to the Academy and all that. I gotcha. <laughs> well, speaking of the Academy, actually, no, fuck that. Let's Let's go somewhere else. So, Obviously, to start the podcast out, I usually get hammered. My guest gets hammered, and we talk about police shit. you have anything to drink? I am drinking an Island Breeze Daiquiri. A what? An Island Breeze Daiquiri. Man, you told me you had to, like, run out for beer, and we're starting late, and you got a fucking daiquiri? Look, look, look. Give your balls a tug, you tit fucker. (laughs) Well, you know, me and the wife were out, that's where we ended up going. So, daiquiris. Well, I like a man. I'm going to drink my Yingling light because I'm a little bitch, but I'm fat. So I got to have the light one. That's not bad. I've only tried the, the ring. I've never tried the white, but I, to be honest with you, and, and some people may hate me on this, the red's good too. The regular's good too. But man, the light one just really goes down smooth. I, I like, I like my white Yinglings. But anyway, enough about Yinglings and fucking daiquiris. Very disappointing. Right. You know, at least when Johnny Castro was on the podcast, he had an excuse for the mimosas. I, I don't know. The the daiquiris is a little much, but I guess we can work past it. So, Carl, tell the people, the millions of people that are going to listen to this podcast one day, a little about yourself. How long have you been a cop for? All that good shit. I've been, been in law enforcement for four years now. Um, I work at a sheriff's office surrounding a rather large city, so it's somewhat busy not too busy busy enough um was in patrol for about three and a half years then i decided to uh put in and try to go to uh our easiest traffic division and I, I got the spot and i've been doing that here for a little bit it's uh it's more of my alley it's the kind of work i like to do and uh i'm enjoying it so far so i mean that's basically 
my career in a nutshell so far. So when you say that's right up your alley, are you, uh, you like taking accidents? I mean, yeah, I, I, I like working accidents, but I'm, I'm, I'm more interested like in the DWI perspective of it. I, you know, I enjoy doing like proactive enforcement and things like that, but crashes in themselves can be really interesting. Cause there's a, there's a lot that goes into figuring out who, like what truly happened. I haven't gone that far into like that in-depth training yet, but that's something I definitely want to uh, go to eventually. So let me ask you this because you caught yourself there and uh, you initially said accidents and then you said crashes. I don't get it. There's whenever I post a meme <laughs> on the page, the traffic people, the troopers, the motors, they fucking like go crazy and come out of the woodworks telling me that it's not an accident. Do you know the rationale behind that? I think what's going through their mind and I, I, I get it. Like their, their thought process is there's no such that all crashes are a result of someone's negligence is the, the, the point that they're bringing across, which is true. But at the same time, it's also an accident because whoever did it, they didn't intend to do it. So, I mean, it it doesn't make a difference to me. I usually just say crash or we have a code down here that we use and a signal code. And that's usually what we call it. I just say crash or the signal code. It's 20. I mean, that's pretty universal across the state. So that's not, you know, giving anything away. But I, I don't have a problem. People call it accident. You know, See, I got bigger things to worry about than somebody calling it an accident, you know. Well, I don't know. These troopers fucking man, that stick really gets going in their ass when I say that here. And that's my whole thing is it doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter. It's a crash. It's an accident. It's a collision. They're all accurate terms because if it's not an accident and it's like an intentional thing, then it's usually a different charge. So it's an accident. Like nobody meant to do it. And I get there's always negligence or somebody's generally always at fault but it's almost never on i mean if it's on purpose then it's not an accident so fuck off i'm right and you guys are wrong well i'm just kind of one of those people i just let it ride whatever whatever people want to call it they can call it you know i got you so let's talk a little bit about policing out there in louisiana how's the job out there is are, is law enforcement generally supported out there, or is it wishy-washy, or what's going on in Louisiana? Um, I mean, it kind of varies from area, area to area, but I'd say the, the overwhelming majority view of law enforcement is still positive down here. Um, I mean, of course, you've got, like, bad areas. People, you're going to hear people, if you got your windows down, you're going to hear, hear things you're rolling by. I mean, it exists, but I'd, I'd say the overwhelming majority um, down here is probably supportive. Okay. Now – in the fine state of Louisiana, are you allowed to be proactive or is that kind of frowned upon or is that department to department? Um, for the, the vast majority of the state, yes. Now, there's some of the like bigger major cities down here where they don't pursue anything unless it's like a violent felony or, you know, they, they try to cut down traffic. Some agencies, I'm not really 100 percent sure on this, might cut down traffic stops for certain violations. But for, for the most part, I mean, as long as, you know, proactivity is pretty much encouraged in just about everywhere that I've talked to at training and things like that. It's, I haven't really heard anything of it being, you know, frowned upon. So it sounds like it's, it's generally for law enforcement. It's, it's a good place to work, but Louisiana yeah. is one of the places where the pay is pretty low, right? Yes, it is. It is very low. Now the cost of living out there is pretty low too, right? Yeah, it's not bad. It's, it's, I mean, you can, you can live comfortably off of what you can make down here. 
Okay. Because it's one of those things where big city guys, you know, they might make a hundred grand a year, which sounds like a shitload of money. But then you look at the housing in whatever right. area that is, and it doesn't matter that money's going towards a house. I know there's places where the pay is so low. I don't know how guys afford to, you know, eat anything other than ramen and have a roof over their head. But that's oh, a... Yeah. That's, I guess, a story for another day. Well, that's, that's good to hear that policing is alive and well in the, the fine state of Louisiana. Are you a Louisiana native? I am not. If you don't mind, where, where did you come from? Okay, so I was, I was born in Oklahoma. Okay. I thought you didn't really have the Cajun accent. No, not at all. People tell me I really don't have much of an accent. No, you, you have. I, I, I hear country in your accent, but I don't hear like the Cajun I looked at Louisiana really briefly as a place I wanted to live, but then I was like, ah, I don't know. The heat and the humidity, I think it would just be a big turnoff in the in the Gators. Is that is it pretty fucking hot down there? Yeah, the, the humidity can can get brutal. In the peak of the summer, I mean, there, there's times of like I used to live in like a little apartment or whatever. I'd be walk I'd walk from my apartment to my car, which wasn't far. And by the time you get in the car, you're already sweating and you just walked out of your house. I mean, it, it gets really bad. How are the winners? Are they? I know this is like riveting conversation for the podcast, but I'm I'm very right. curious. Uh, how are the, are the winners? Pretty mild down there. Are they okay? Or uh, the lowest we really ever get is around maybe mid twenties on a typical winter. Um, lowest we've got so far this year would be probably about twenty four, twenty five. Um, but yeah, it, it does it does freeze occasionally, but it's not super common. Interesting. I, I figured it being coastal down there, it wouldn't even get that fucking cold. But what do I know? Yeah, I mean, and the humidity makes it even worse because it just kind of kind of bites harder. But all right. Good talk. Now, everybody knows a little bit more about Louisiana and the humidity. So when you uh, you messaged me all those months ago and uh, wanted to be on the podcast, what really spoke to me is you signed it a bitter Louisiana cop which really spoke to me because I left as a bitter Colorado cop. Can you tell everybody at home a little bit of the source of your bitterness? I don't think it's policing in Louisiana, so it doesn't have anything to do with like court systems or the way the justice system is working down here. Except I think in all honesty, the justice system down here is depending on where you go. Now there's some exceptions to that, but I think as a general rule, the justice system down here is mostly pro cop. I guess after a while is just dealing with, you know, bullshit calls and people's problems that they don't even want to try to fix themselves. It, I guess it just kind of started a bitterness with me. And that's when I kind of decided that I wanted to try to take a different avenue and uh, do a different type of work to kind of get away from it for a while. I don't know if I'll ever go back to patrol or what my plan is, but for now, I mean, I'm loving where I'm at. So, but yeah, I mean, it's mostly just, mostly just, dealing with some of the nonsense that comes with uh you know just regular patrol that is probably the source of most of my bitterness you know it's interesting because at, on one side of everything is law enforcement it's like the greatest show on earth right you get to fucking see everything but then it you know i can speak to it too and i think it depends on where you are in your career and what your mindset is but the dumb shit calls, I don't think the public realizes, like, it does take a fucking toll because there's a lot of people out there that are unwilling to do anything to help themselves. And that's yes. where they call on the government to intervene in their lives and then complain about government intervention. 
exactly yeah i was in law enforcement i'm supportive of cops obviously but the, you know the government isn't always the best solution to your problems right like I, one thing that i really like would always annoy me is like like neighbor disputes like you, you'll go to like a noise complaint it's like always oh, been playing that music out in his backyard all day it's like, okay we try talking to him well no okay well why don't you just go talk to your neighbor and say hey man do you mind turning music down a little bit with my kids and i are trying to play in the backyard you know just just play some kind of card and be like, oh yeah, man, I didn't know it was that loud. Like people can't, it, it's like people nowadays, it's like they lack the ability to just go have a conversation with somebody. Like it's, it's kind of strange. I, I don't, I don't know where I'm going with this, but I mean. No, I know. I know exactly what you're talking about. And unfortunately the other half of that, because I definitely, I agree with what you're saying because you'd have so many of those fucking calls where, Hey, did you just go try and talk to him? No. Oh no, no, no. What if they hurt me? Which is totally fucking ridiculous. But then that shit does happen. I think it's rare, but it happens where somebody goes over and says, hey, you know, I'm your fucking neighbor, Paul. I, your music's a little loud. You know, my kid's trying to take a nap. You might turn it down for a little bit or whatever. And people will lose their shit because, God forbid, somebody asks them to be convenient for them. Yeah, and it's just considerate of their fellow yeah. humans. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's definitely full circle. So it's it's one of those things where, you encourage people to, Hey, just go talk to them and make it better. But then you might have that. You may have that shitty fucking neighbor that is going to make it worse or become violent or whatever. And unfortunately not to go too much off on a tangent, but I think what you see on the news and what you see on Facebook and Instagram and shit kind of feeds into that. Right. If you're, you know, you're just some dude and all you see on the nightly news is fucking violence. Yeah. You know what? I'm not going to go to my fucking neighbor's house. I'm going to fucking call the cops and make them do it. And then we get it and we're like, what the fuck? Why didn't you go talk to your neighbor? So it's kind of a vicious cycle. Yeah, it really can be. And I think kind of going back on the bitterness aspect, one thing that I think a lot of um, people kind of mistake is, you know, doing our job is you come in contact with people all day who have something bad to say, and you don't come in contact with people who have something good to say for the, I mean, for the most part. So it kind of, it kind of skews our view of the world a little bit because all we come in contact to all we come in contact with is people that are having a horrible day or people who hate the police or so all we see is the shitty part of the world, but we don't see the other, the other big half that's normal, productive, decent people of society. So I, I feel like our view of society gets skewed just based off of what we do. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's really easy to kind of fall into that dark pit of despair and like fuck it is. everything's yeah. fucked well really really like 10 percent of the population is fucked which is still right. probably pretty high <laughs> but i mean you know that that luke bryant song you know i i think he's a little extreme when he says most people are good i think most people are just okay but just okay is a lot yeah. better than what we get you know right yeah yeah i mean i, I think the majority of the world wouldn't commit any kind of serious crime or, or hurt somebody else intentionally. So I think the majority of people are okay, but you know, we only see the ones that are you know, mostly shitty. So. Yeah. Unfortunately. So as a traffic guy, what gets your rocks off? What's, what's kind of your thing? What do you like doing? Traffic something that's always interested me. So it's kind of a new thing to me. So I'm, I'm still learning, but one of the things I, you know, I enjoy is uh, handling DWIs and learning, um, the different ways, like, I haven't learned a whole, I'm, I'm not that deep into it yet, but like the different ways that different drugs affect people's, you know, 
all the different factors of the body and how to detect these things and just all, all the stuff that's in it that most people don't really think about is fun to me. Um, I don't know what it is. I, I just, I like doing traffic enforcement. A lot of people think it's kind of crazy if you just want to pull over people and write tickets all day. I mean, it, it's, it's not for everybody. It, it takes a certain type of person who wants to do it, but I mean, it's, you know, it's good for me. So. Yeah. I think on every department, there's people that fit certain niches that like doing that kind of shit because we make fun of people that just go out and write bullshit tickets, which I will continue to do. But I do believe traffic enforcement is important because more people are killed in traffic accidents than are killed in murders, which I feel like the terminology is wrong. Killed in murders, homicides. I don't know. But anyway, that poorly made. I don't know what the fuck I'm saying, but you know what I'm saying? Less people are murdered than are killed in crashes. So there is a fucking place in the world for traffic enforcement. It is important. And the DUI stuff, uh, driving impaired is a big fucking deal. I mean, drunks kill a ton of people. You know, now we have, I feel like, more and more of the impairment on the drug side, which can be difficult to detect depending on, you know, what it is and the testing of it is all different. And it's kind of hard to keep up on. Yeah, because, I mean, it just seems like all too often some kind of new new drugs on the street or whatever. And it's got different different symptoms and stuff whenever you come in contact with somebody. One of the things that when you uh, first messaged me, you wanted to talk about is leadership and how good leadership can make and break a watch. What do you got to say about that? Yes. So, uh, all right. So whenever I very first started and it it could just be having stars in my eyes being a rookie, but um, when I first started, we we had a group that uh, on our watch that was, everyone was really proactive. We had a certain time of the night that we kind of kept the radio down at a certain time of night. It was time to go out and find things I really enjoyed being a part of that. And as we kind of lost certain rank and certain people on the team, it kind of got to where it, it was just a group of people that were just coming and writing reports, you know, and it, it's just sad because after like, you know, you lose certain rank and whatnot, it, it, it can make a difference. Like for example, there was a, uh, there was another shift that I got to work overtime on occasionally, The uh, but their rank is awesome. I mean, like, they're the idea of what I think is good leadership. Cause so I think, I think it's important for a sergeant, a lieutenant or whatever to kind of get out there and be with his guys a little bit. And that's what they did. Like there was, there was several occasions I would run into a sergeant in this particular team. And um, he would show up to call like maybe, you know, five, 10 minutes before his guy shows up. And then, then you know, the, the B car shows up and he's like, it's like, Hey, Sarge, he's like, what I got. And he's like, it's like, oh, don't worry about it. I got it. And he's like, he's like, what do you mean? He's like, it's like, oh, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a, this signal, it's a, it's a six, seven, it's a theft or whatever, but I got it. He's like, I already got everything. So like he would, he would just, you know, he would just take care of it because he's already been there. He's already got the information. I, I think that really just sets a good example because I mean, I feel like one of the things that like a lot of people get in arguments and just kind of have like a little bit of spite about is like reports and punting calls to other people and stuff. And, but like he said, they set the example of, I already showed up, already got the information first. I'm just going to take care of it because it's the right thing to do. I think that, I think that's good leadership. And and they would show up on calls with their guys all the time. And they were basically just another guy on the call, but they just had Sergeant Stripes or Lieutenant Bar or whatever. Yeah. I think there's definitely a balance in there where, right. And I might get some hate over this, but hear me out. 
you can't necessarily be like one of the guys, quote unquote. No, let me rephrase that because that's not what I'm trying to say. I think it's good to be one of the guys, but you also have to realize your role and you can't, you know, you can't be one of those dudes that like, well, I can't pull the trigger on maybe some type of discipline that needs to happen or even whatever it is, because I'm like, ah, this guy's my friend. I'm going to, I'm going to cut him a little bit of slack because then I I think that hurts your credibility as a supervisor and everybody sees that, right? If you're tight with somebody and they, you know, they'll do some, eh, some shit maybe they shouldn't be doing and it slides. It's not a big deal where somebody else would get the hammer that it, it can be problematic. But with that said, and it, I, I'm sure it's a difficult balance for supervisors. You also can't be the dude that's totally unappro- unapproachable and guys are afraid to go on calls with, cause they think you have a stick up your ass and all that stuff. So there's definitely a, a balance with that. I was going to say on my department, there were some sergeants that would go out and just handle bullshit for us. Um, but for the most part, fuck man, if a supervisor, if a supervisor piped up to take a call, people would be fucking crawling over each other to clear because they were like, Oh, we can't fucking have a boss taking a call. Like we need to go hump this, which hindsight being 2020, you're fucking busy. You're fucking busy. The call can wait or, you know, somebody else is going to have to take it. I think sometimes that mentality of like, Oh, we can't let, I can't let somebody take a call on my beat. I can't like let a guy, a supervisor go to a call really can be detrimental to your fucking abilities to do a proper investigation on whatever call you're handling at that time. Yes. Because then you're, then you're trying to rush it and whatever you're handling at the time, you're going to half-ass it. I mean, I've seen, I've seen that happen. So, I mean, it's, it's a fine line. I mean, well, and just, then the play devil's advocate on that. Then you have the dudes that are like, Oh yeah, I was totally doing something as they make a fucking TikTok in their car. Oh Jesus. Speaking of that, you want to hate on some TikTokers? I know you wanted to do that. Yes, yes, I'm all for it. Go for it, man. Tell me your thoughts on the world of TikTok and cops. Well, here's the thing. Uh, and you'll hear a lot of people talking about how, you know, oh, it's humanizing the badge, which I think is, an, is a good thing. I think we need to show the world that, you know, we're people too. And we're doing a job. We're just like you. We just have a different job that we do. But, and, you know, I'm okay with like the little, like, like the little comedy skits and whatnot. I mean, that's okay. I think that's, it's important to show that we have a sense of humor and people can relate to that, but getting in uniform and, and dancing around on TikTok for likes and views, that's, that's, that's just not it. If you want to make an impression on your community and show people that cops are humans, why don't you go out, you know, why don't you go out and talk to people like a normal person? Like, I, I can't tell you how many times I've gone to like a gas station to grab a drink or Gatorade or something and I come outside and be some guy that guy. I find anything to make a conversation with people about just to show them like, Hey, look, we're people too. Like somebody pulls up in like, I'm kind of a car guy. They pull up in like a nice car. I'm like, Hey man, you know, you know, what year is that? Whatever. Just make a conversation with them. Show them that, you know, we're people too. That's, that's the way to show people that we're normal, just like you. But yeah. I mean, if you want to make a difference, you know, go have real conversation with people. Yeah, exactly. And to tell somebody else's story, a dude I used to work with, he told me the reason he wanted to become a cop is when he was a little kid, cop showed up to a call and like fucking took care of business kind of thing and, and saved a couple people. That's to me, that's kind of how you earn that public trust. And I was thinking about this this afternoon because I'm like, all right, I want to try and think about this logically about the TikTok cops. Maybe 
just maybe I'm a little too hard on him because generationally, I think it's different. And I think there's some people on there that post some shit, not out of malice or not out of clout, but just because that's their way of showing that they're proud to be a cop, which is cool. But they do it, in my humble opinion, in a cringy way. Like, you know, like the videos where they're wearing, you know, street clothes and then they like flick their wrist and then they're in uniform. Come on. So I'm trying to be like reasonable. Okay, you're you're proud to be a cop. That's cool. I don't know. I mean, I would I don't think I, I mean, I did post some stuff on my Facebook about cop stuff, mostly angry, bitter stuff. But, you know, occasionally, like on Christmas, I'd fucking post a picture of like some of the people I was having Christmas dinner with at work or something like that. But, you know, it wasn't one of those like everybody eating at this table. Like it was just, you know, a picture of us all kind of like hanging out and laughing or whatever, having a coffee, you know, Merry Christmas kind of thing. Not like not a thank me for my service type of thing. Yes. Yeah. But the TikTok thing, I think, and, and I'm not trying to, you know, be soft here, but it, it does depend on what's being posted because, you know, we all love those early Vine videos, uh, you know, all the popular guys that are big pages now. Those right. are all kind of funny. I think there's probably some cop stuff out there that's kind of like that. That's That's probably funny. But God, there's just like most of it that I see. Here's the, sh- the shit I don't like. And this could be anybody that quote unquote creates content is you're basically lipping something else. Another skit somebody else did, but you're just remaking that skit. I see a lot of cops do that shit. So, so fucking bad. Like it's yeah, not just, there's funny. no creativity in it. And another one that uh, have you seen the ones where you'll have a guy and he's like in just normal like jeans and t-shirt or something and then he'll snap his fingers and he's in police gear but it's it's not like a oh look at me i'm a cop and you just didn't know and then he walks up to the camera he like bites his lip and you're like oh my god that's just so fucking bad like why would you do that yeah here's a free shout out for my boy popo medic yeah i saw his his tiktok cop videos yeah they're just so bad i i've been thinking for a while i should create a a TikTok account for poorly made just to go on and not necessarily troll because I'll get kicked off. I'm sure, but no, nah, I'd be the troll. Who am I kidding? But you know, maybe oh, if, if, pastime. if somebody, it could be my new favorite pastime. It could be, you know, maybe I do find some cop TikTokers that are good, but the whole like humanizing the badge thing is I I'm with you, dude. I think it's just kind of an excuse to make the shit they, they want to make. And I mean, I'm sure they think it's fun and it's cool and they're having a good time. And a lot of it, too, depends on, you know, as long as they're doing it off duty, that makes it a little bit better for me. But if you're doing that shit on duty, come on, man. Like you were saying, like, oh, if they're doing it on duty or whatever, like, nah, I'm not good with that. It's like, yeah, like, go go catch bad guys or something. Go do, you know, go do something. Like, what are you doing? Now, there's a counter to this. And I have to say, and I, I apologize, I don't remember who I was talking to, but it was it was on one of the public post but they made a point where they're like hey what's the difference between these guys making a tiktok than dudes sitting in the parking lot watching netflix that is true that is true right like i have like that is a good argument i would argue that it's worse because it's cringeworthy and it potentially could affect other people in your profession but yeah but still i mean you shouldn't be sitting necessarily be sitting in the parking lot watching videos by the way uh 
<laughs> kind of related to this. I made some parking lot and chill patches a while back, and I thought they were sold out. And the uh, the people with the uh, company I use hit me up and said, "Hey, we got a few more of these left." So because I took them down because I thought they were all sold out. So they are. If they're not gone already, go check them out for the parking lot and chill patch. If you want to get them, I think I'm probably not going to make any more of them. It's only like twenty some left. You know what I would buy? What would you buy? A rain or bang size koozie with a parking lot and chill on it. That would be perfect. I don't know if they have koozies. Like I'm kind of limited by the technology of my time. Yeah, <laughs> Howard Stark. It de- like the, basically the company I use, and here's some inside baseball. I don't have any inventory in my sex dungeon. Like it's an outside company. I basically design everything and they take care of everything else, which is awesome because for people like me, because it can get expensive to kind of hold on to the stuff and ship it. And they can do it for a lot cheaper because it's more of a streamlined process. So, but anyway, I don't know if they had koozies, but I'm going to call you out on something here. Does anybody actually use koozies? Uh, I used to keep one in my car just to keep my uh, my drinks cold longer. <laughs> I feel like that's one of those things you get handed at like a parade or an event, like, you know, whatever energy company's koozie. And you're like, oh, cool. I'll get one of those. And then it just ends up for me collecting dust. Because anytime I drink a beer, I'm not thinking like, oh, I should put a fucking koozie on this. Well, I mean, I mean, I use them occasionally. I keep one in my truck like any good Southern man. But it, it has to be a quality koozie. It can't be like one of those cheap foam ones that like politicians hand out. It has to be like one of like the neoprone ones, like the ones that like actually don't lose their shape. That, that would be worthwhile. Man, I'm learning a lot more about koozies on this podcast than I thought I would. So thank you. Thank you for enlightening me on that. I do appreciate that because I don't know where I would be at <laughs> in life right now if I didn't know more about the koozies. Now, while we're talking about the TikTok stuff, I mean, I guess we were talking about koozies, but we can talk about TikTok stuff. And this is going to be a new question at the end of the podcast, but we're here now. Cops with OnlyFans. What do you think about that? Ooh, uh, I don't know. Not... Hey, dude, feel free to disagree with me. I could be wrong on this, man. I'd love to hear another opinion. Share your opinion first, and then I'll, I'll, I'll try to kind of go from there. Because I, I don't really know a whole lot about what's been going on with that. I know I heard about one, but I don't really know the details of it. So real briefly, because I, I hit it pretty hard. I didn't hit it pretty hard, but I, I hit the topic pretty yeah. hard uh, the other day is basically this uh, lieutenant out of a sheriff's department, in Colorado. She had an OnlyFans account. It got found out. She got investigated. There wasn't really a good resolution if she was going to get in trouble or not or get fired because she ended up negotiating like a settlement to leave, which I'm sure. Sh- who knows what was going on behind the scenes, but she ended up taking like 30 grand. They gave her 30 grand. She left. And then, uh, you know, she retired and she had like 28 years on. So it was like towards the end of their career. So it was basically like one of those things where quote unquote case law didn't get made from it because the, they didn't really finish the investigation. So they, they said they were looking at her for most departments have a policy about the off duty jobs. You can work. I would I would assume the the like the careless driving of all police policy, departmental policy is uh, conduct unbecoming. I would think that would probably fit in there somewhere. But so basically, what this this gal was doing is uh, she was on OnlyFans and had like sex tapes with her and her hubby on there, and then <laughs> she got found out and then she got investigated. So my stance on it is 
you're cop. Like you have to understand that you're held to a higher standard and I'm not some fucking prude, right? Like I'm look, we should show tits on TV. We should, whatever we show people getting their heads blown off. We're not going to show a fucking tit. Come on. But at the same time, I think there has to be like a reasonable bounds of boundary. Like you can't be a porn star and be a cop. I don't know. I just, I don't think that's right. I think it causes way too many problems and I'm not male or female. Like if we'll just say she was a dude, if that dude was my Lieutenant and I knew he was on camera fucking blowing loads on chicks, I couldn't take him seriously. And I don't think, you know, anybody in the community, if they knew that dude was essentially a porn star, they couldn't take him seriously. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong about this. I just think that's one of those things. One of those lines you, you shouldn't cross. Like, I, I really, I don't think that's okay. Some people have made an argument and I'm not saying, look, man, I'm not saying I, and I apologize for going on a rant on this, but we're here like porn. Some people are like porn's the devil. There's a lot worse things than porn. I'm not porn has been shown to not be great for people, but there's a lot worse shit out there. And I'm, I'm not all about what individuals can do on their own time. If you want to fucking watch porn or make porn or do whatever you want. That's fine. It's in your own bedroom. I think the problem is for this person is it's out in public purview, which could look poorly on the department. I don't, I don't know how you could argue with me and say that couldn't be a problem for the department as they have a bunch of porn stars on the department. I, I think it just could cause problems within the department and within the community. What do you think? Yeah, I think, I mean, I can see the aspect of people like, oh, I should be able to have the freedom of what they don't want when do what they want when they're off duty. But at the same time, you also have to think about, you know, the image that you're representing. If somebody stumbles upon that and they know that you're law enforcement, you have to think about it. We have to have an image that shows that, you know, we hold ourselves a high standard, that we show professionalism, that kind of thing. And I think that you you need to take that into consideration, especially if if if, it, if this person was thinking about doing, you know, starting OnlyFans, doing their own thing, they should have thought that into mind. Well, how would it look? How would it look towards the police if we did that and somebody found out? It, it doesn't show a good image. It's not like we're trying to put up like a poster to look good, but we have to show the public that we are professional and that we're serious and that we take our image and our professionalism seriously, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think you could make a societal argument like, well, who gives a shit if somebody does something like that on their own time, which in theory, I agree with in theory, you know, uh, look, prostitution in my mind, somebody else, like that's their choice to get paid for money to have sex. Who cares? The problem with that, though, is everything that comes with it, right? The human right. trafficking and, and yeah. all the horrible shit that happens with that. Now, here's the other thing you got to think about with like OnlyFans in like Reddit and all these other fucking places. You're insane if you can tell me with a straight face that the people depicted on these pages, that all of them are willing participants. There has to be some element of sex trafficking on those pages. So that's another thing you have to consider where you're representing the police department is, you know, you're making money on this platform that let's be real. There's probably people being taken advantage of on that platform. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure the uh, I'm sure the trafficking, you know, human trafficking is capitalizing on that as a form of. So it's, it's got to be out there, I'd imagine. 
yeah for sure so yeah that's that's i don't know it's interesting though because there's more hatred on my page and not for me but from the followers of my page of tiktok cops than there are of OnlyFans cops which fucking blows me away it's really interesting to be honest with you yeah now some of the other things that you wanted to talk about was um like mental health and fitness you want to tell the millions of people your thoughts on all that stuff i think when you first start in a career like this you you know you think that it's it's a lifestyle and that your whole life has to revolve around being a cop but after you get a year or two in, you realize that it's too much to be a cop 24 seven and you need to get away from the job when you're away from work. And that's something that I've definitely learned to, uh, to do a little myself. I think it's very important that people have some kind of major hobby that, you know, takes their mind off the job. So I think it's important because you can't be thinking about work all the time. Um, I think fitness is extremely important because, it's, it's like a therapy. It, um, just takes you away. And, and also I, I like, I like working out before I go to work. So I go, I go to head, I'm, I'm, I go to work and I've got a clean, I got a clear head. I'm wide awake. I'm ready for the day. And, and it keeps me, you know, just keeps me mentally ready for work. So I, I think that it's, it's very important, but this uh, is, yeah. this is a fucking super weird analogy. So hold on to your hats people, but <laughs> we've heard the jokes about post nut clarity which is a fucking real thing. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I think working out is very similar to that. If you're yeah. and I'm telling you, this is a fat guy. Um, the times in my life where I was eating well and I was reasonably in shape and I was working out on a more regular basis, I generally felt a whole lot fucking better. And I went into things with a lot, clear mind yes. so yeah i i would i would say that working out is maybe just like a step under post not clarity yeah i mean nothing can quite you know compare but yeah i i, I could i could agree with that you know i feel bad for the chicks though because they don't they don't know what post not clarity is what do, do they? they do if they need to come to like a decision i don't know i don't know i don't i do not know how they make decisions yeah every decision I, i've ever made i've always you know Make sure I did that before. <laughs> yeah. I won the lotto. Hold on a second, honey. I'll be right back. I asked my wife about that once and she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm like, okay, you don't get that. And I'm not really going to ask the female guests of the podcast if they get post not clarity because uh, I'm not that brave yet, but maybe. <laughs> I am curious though. That is something I would like to know. Who doesn't want to know? That's, that's important information. Something that, and I've kind of fucking jumped all over the place on this podcast. So I, I apologize, but Something I asked when I started doing these podcasts and I didn't necessarily get away from, I just forgot. Mm -hmm. I do like to ask people what was kind of their, their, why, what was their reason for getting into law enforcement? Well, you know, I, I had a nine to five job before I did this and I, I guess I just kind of got bored um, with just a regular job. I kind of wanted to do something different, wanted a little bit more action. I kind of wanted to be able to help people at the same time. Which this is also another thing I'd like to cover is, is what, what a lot of people that like are kind of anti-police don't realize about the police is that most people, it's, it's usually in some different form, but most people that get in this job, they just want to help people. Whether you're, you know, 
you want to do it because you want to go chase after bad guys or, you, you know, that kind of thing. You want to chase people. Cause when you boil that down, that's saying, I want to go stop bad people who are doing bad things to good people. Or, or you got people that say, I just, I just want to make a difference. I want to help people make what make society better. You know, everyone has all the reasons that most people generally give for wanting to be in law enforcement all boils down to, I just want to help people. And I mean, that's basically what I wanted to do. I wanted, you want want to chase bad guys, want to, you know, help people who are in trouble, that kind of thing. So that's like the cliche answer, but I think it is for most people. That's, that's kind of what it is. And I think some people are more geared towards that service type work because, you know, as I've contemplated my life after law enforcement, obviously I want this to be a thing. And, but you know, I'm, I'm also a realist. I, this, there's a lot of work and not to talk too much about me, but I, you know, I kind of keep my eyes open just to see, you know, what's out there. And I look at these other jobs and I'm like, ah, oh, this could be okay. But it's just, it feels weird to not, it feels weird to not be in that role anymore. And I don't know if guys that have left have kind of felt that like, I, I was thinking about it the other morning after my post-workout clarity is like, fuck man, I miss being a cop. I miss doing all that shit, but you know, where I was at, no way. There's no fucking way. I thought, like, I tried to put myself, all right, what if I was still fucking there? And I'm like, God, I made a great decision. But I would be curious, you know, and I've talked to a few other guys that have left the job, and I feel like most of them have been pretty recently or they got into something related. But it's definitely, you know, that whole calling thing, right? I I think even the host draggers kind of feel that as you just, you're just attracted to it. It just, that's what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to help people. And I'm not saying guys that work, whatever other jobs aren't good dudes and don't want to help people. But God, man, there, I, there's really nothing besides like the first responder type things. There's nothing really like that out there. Maybe the medical yeah. field. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I mean, it's a cliche, but I think it is something that you, you some people are just kind of made for like, and, and you see people that have been in the job for like, 20 years and no matter what they've gone through in their personal life all they could ever see themselves being as a cop like i feel like those kind of people are just i mean it's like they're born to do it i mean there's some people that just like that and i you know of course there's a lot of things that attract most people i mean you you gotta think about it i mean one of the best parts of jobs you get to drive fast you get to carry a gun you get to go fight people you get to chase people you get to do all the all, all the fun stuff that you can think of but uh i mean it all comes along with you know helping people so but yeah, Did I think you it just is some... say it's fun to fight people. Oh my god, I'm so triggered. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there is adrenaline. It's fun. It's I exciting. Mean, it's in its own way, though, right? Like, I, you know, I, I think if you're a cop and you're out looking for a fight, you're that's obviously right. very problematic. But it is. It is exciting. I don't know. Maybe exciting is the wrong word to say, but like when you it's do get into that shit, the can... adrenaline, it's the adrenaline. I mean, it's yeah. there's, that's another thing I think since, you know, I've left law enforcement is there's really not that adrenaline anymore. And that, yeah. that is strange too, that, you know, I don't, I don't have that ability to, uh, I don't know. I'm sure there's some science behind that. Um, they do say there's some science behind that because they say that some of the chemicals that are released in your brain, whenever you take certain, certain narcotics, are some of the same chemicals that your brain releases whenever you feel, when you have an adrenaline rush. So it, it, it literally is an addictive feeling. I, I don't know all the science behind it, but I have read a study that, you know, 
that mentioned that before. Well, maybe I need to just take up some like dangerous activities to, you know, get off a little bit, I guess. I yeah, know. there you go. Yeah. yeah, Skydiving, bridge jumping, all that good stuff. I'm sure it's like the same thing. Well, I guess, buddy, let's do this. Let's uh, the people of Instagram had a few questions. Um, all right. I actually I mentioned on the last podcast that there is a poorly made police meme subreddit. And I, I put the question on there. I don't know if anybody actually answered it. The, the subreddit's uh, it's a little slow right now. So if you guys are Redditors, go check it out. All right. Nobody said shit on here. So uh, motherfuckers. Fuck you, Reddit. Uh, all right. Instagram. Let's get over there and see what the fine folks over on Instagram had to say, which they're not fine. Most of you guys on Instagram are fucking DJs. <laughs> this guy's question. I don't know if he's a troll, but. I need to ask you if you ever shit their pant your pants, but we know that's all coming anyway. But I guess we can cover that now. Have you ever shit your pants? Uh, like ever in my life, or is there like a certain age you're looking at, like as an adult or as an adult, man? You ever no no? Has it ever slipped? Uh, I mean, I haven't like full out shit my pants, but I have like you know. Kind of had like one of those like little wet farts where you're like, ooh, that was a little bit more than I intended it to be. And then you, you know, you get to the bathroom and you're like, oh shit. But I mean, never like just full on shit my pants as an adult. No. Yeah. I mean, I think when I say shit your pants, that's what I'm talking about. I mean, well, then yes, blown <laughs> is a little intense, but that shit happens too. Right. But I think if, and if occasionally shit hits your underwear, man, it's okay. Now the next question is a little more, Therefore. a little more serious. Uh, do you deal with alligators or crocodiles as much as Florida cops do? A little bit. Every once in a while, we get a call about like you know an alligator that had made its way out of a, a canal or whatever and was in a neighborhood street. Um, one of the one of the neighboring jurisdictions had a guy who was uh, good at handling alligators. He's that grew up around them and like fishing with his dad and stuff like that. So. Like we would, we would actually call him like, Hey man, we got one for you. You want to come wrangle it up for us. And he would come on down and he needed a safe way to get on top of it and secure it where it can't hurt you. And then he'd go release it somewhere. But I mean, occasionally you deal with it, but it it wasn't super common, at least the area that I worked. Yeah. That was, that's another reason like the South is kind of a no, no for me is I feel like every pond or waterway there is fucking filled with gators and crocodiles. And that doesn't sound like a good time, but maybe I'm overthinking that. It just depends on where you go. I mean, if you wanted to come down here and never run into a crocodile, you could do that with very minimum effort. I mean, or alligator rather. But I mean, you could do that with very minimal effort. All right. So now the the people on the podcast, we need to get like an Animal Planet update. Are there both crocodiles and alligators there or just one? I mean, you're stumping me, but I would assume it's mostly all alligators because, you know, it's a freshwater species. So not 100% sure, but I would assume it's, you know, mostly if not all alligators. Interesting. Because I don't know dick about either one. I figured they were both there, but I don't know. I never really thought about it because they both kind of look the same and they both have scales and they both have big fucking teeth. Um, by the way, Colorado people or people that are going to visit Colorado. There's this place called the Alligator Farm. It's uh, on the western slope out by Alamosa. Uh, if, like, if you go to the sand dunes, which you should go to sand dunes if you're ever out that way. The alligator farm is right over there. It is the fucking coolest shit. I got to assume the people that run it are kind of like the Tiger King dude. Um, but it's really cool, super dangerous. You know, there's 
bunch of crocodiles and alligators in these fucking ponds that aren't really fenced very well. It's a good time. Check it out. Your kids will love it. Which is fucking free advertising for those fucks. So the next question is not a question, but a statement. But maybe you can help us out with it. All right. Crawfish is overrated. <sighs> I would probably catch a lot of flack for this because, but luckily no one's going to, you know, it's anonymous. But yeah, I, I, I'd agree. It's a lot of work for not that much. I've never been down there. Been within like 10 miles of the border, but I, I, I should have just drove down there to say I fucking went. I was in Arkansas this summer, but I, I didn't fucking drive all the way. I should have. I don't know the first thing about crawfish, like how you eat it. What's what's how does that all work? So some people will they'll pull the the jointed part of the claws out and eat the meat that's on that. Some people will pull the tails off and there's a certain way that you can grab it. You can pinch the tail and you can get all the meat from inside the body of it. It's, it's kind of like eating a shrimp with a. Uh, with the tail still on it. I mean, it's, it's pretty simple, but I mean, it's, it's a, it's not, you know, butchered or anything. It's a, it's an animal right there. You just, you just peel it apart yourself. I mean, it's, it's good depending. I mean, it depends on where you get it. Like good crawfish is, I mean, it's good, but like, I mean, like I said, it's a lot of work for not that much. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's good, but it's, it, I would agree. It's overrated in my opinion. All right. Uh, good thing it's anonymous, or you would be kicked out of the state. Be kicked out of Louisiana forever for talking yeah. bad about crawfish. Yeah. Now this isn't on there, but I'm curious: is Mardi Gras worth a trip down there, or is it fucking out of control? <sighs> so ever since the whole COVID thing, Mardi Gras has been basically cut down to where it's not even really worth going to anymore. I don't even personally myself. I don't even really think it's worth going to in the first place i guess it's one thing if you have kids and you want them to go out there and catch beads and stuff like i, I get that but I, i'm i've just never really saw the appeal to it um wait 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 a second did you just say if you had kids that want to go out and catch beads yeah like if you had kids you want to take to the parade so they could catch beads and catch little prizes and stuff like that okay now i guess i have a much different understanding of Mardi Gras. I thought you were like throwing beads at fucking chicks and they'd show you your titties. Is that not a thing anymore? Yeah, I mean, it is. Um, it, it, it has gotten to where they try to, uh, you know, the, the police forces in the areas where they have like major parades, they try to combat that a little bit. But there are a lot of like family friendly parades where it's just a bunch of floats and it, it, it's it's kids everywhere. And I mean, you have like drunks hanging around and stuff occasionally, but for the most part, they're family friendly. No but you shit. do also have like, you know, like the big major parades, like new Orleans is big. They had, they, well, since COVID, it might be a little bit different, but like they have big parades that are, you know, mostly adult oriented, but yeah, they do have some more, but they do have some family friendly parades, like in, uh, you know, parishes and like some smaller towns and stuff. So yeah, yeah, it can be a family. I'm glad you said that word because, and I want to talk more about Mardi Gras, but parishes. I noticed that's yes. a thing in Louisiana. I don't know if it's a thing in other Southern states. What the fuck is a parish compared to what is that like a county or what the fuck is that? Yes. It's just another word for county. I don't know why it's called that, but I mean, it's just called that down here. It's, I think it's the only state in the country where they actually call it a parish. I think there's another country where they, divide parts of it they call them parishes but i don't know what it is i couldn't tell you but uh yeah it's just another word for county is all it really is now are there counties there too or are they all parishes it's all parishes fucking weird man so a deputy in oh, louisiana is. is 
you're still a deputy, but you're in a parish. Yeah, exactly. You're a deputy of the parish. So that it's not the county sheriff, it's the parish sheriff. Yeah, yeah, you're the you're the sheriff of the parish. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's man, that's bonkers to me. That's really fucking weird. I it wonder what weird. I wonder what the history is behind that. When I, I, it's a French word because a lot of the culture in Louisiana. Oui, is based, oui. Yeah. It, it's a French word because a lot of the culture down here is based on uh yeah French culture. But yeah, it was weird when I first moved here too. I was like, I was like, oh, oh, oh what? I was like, they don't have counties here. Like it's just, it's it's weird. But it's just another name for counties. All it is. I'm sure. I'm sure there's history behind it. Obviously, but I don't know history myself. But I got gotcha. you. Now, back to the Mardi Gras thing. And God, I'm trying to remember, but I feel like in high school. There were videos, and I don't know if it was MTV Spring Break or, by the way, if you're like, if you remember MTV Spring Break, that's when you became a man. But God, I'm trying to think where, I, but it just made Mardi Gras, and maybe maybe it was even like old cops episodes in the 90s, but it just made Mardi Gras basically seem like a, and it, it is a giant party, right? But it, everybody was drunk. There was fucking tits everywhere. It was kind of seemed crazy. It, so yeah, it, it can be. And it, and it's peak when it used to be a huge thing. It, it definitely could be. Now, obviously, so you moved way after Katrina, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, you know, seven or eight years later, something like that. Okay. Do you know if that's had any, and maybe I'll have to save this question for somebody else from Louisiana down the line, but do you know if that's had any effect on policing or the state? Well, obviously, it had an effect on the state, but I guess the quote-unquote the old-timers that were around for that, have they said it really changed or because that was one of the questions uh, on here. Yeah, they I haven't heard about it a whole lot, but from, from what I have heard from the people that were around for Katrina, they uh they said that like, you know, basically whenever Katrina first happened, there was no power. There was, you know, stores were empty. It was basically a wasteland almost like it, it was free for all. Um, they did say a little bit later on that like, there was kind of like a, a, a short phase where like people actually appreciate law enforcement and all the, all the efforts that were made to rescue people and stuff. But I'm sure, you know, it's faded within a year or so, but they, they did say that it, it did kind of change people's outlook a little bit briefly. I've, I've heard that before. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm just going to throw it out there. Anybody, Louisiana cop specifically in the new Orleans area. Cause that's really where it got hit hardest. Right. Or was it the whole state? I don't know, but Anybody that was uh, in that time period, I think that would be a really interesting podcast. So uh, hit me up if you want to come on. I'd love to talk about it. And I think it'd be interesting to hear some of the stories and shit. Because I, I heard there was really some grotesque stuff that fucking happened during that time. Like, uh, what's a fucking football stadium where the Saints play? Is that the Superdome? Uh, it's the, uh, yeah, it's the Superdome. Yeah. Yeah. So I heard, you know, they were putting people in there and there was like bodies in there and all kinds of crazy shit was happening in the superdome so that could definitely be an interesting topic for the podcast so open invitation let me know this next question comes from somebody pretty bitter apparently because they must have got a ticket they said <laughs> why do you write tickets to cops from up north aren't we all in this together i i just want to know who hurt him <sighs> probably another cop i'd have to guess but uh friendly fire <laughs> hold your fire right I'm, i mean here's my thing I wouldn't personally myself. I there's there's certain rules that like and it's unwritten rules that you kind of have about 
who you will and won't ride and take it. Like, like any kind of first responder, paramedics, police, firefighters, generally, unless whatever you're doing is completely absurd, um, like 30 miles an hour, you know, like really, you know, completely just disregarding the speed limit. I'm not going to ride them a ticket. Um, you know, military is another thing, unless they give me a really bad attitude or whatever they're doing was, you know, just completely absurd. Generally, I'm going to let them go with a warning. But yeah, I don't know who did that to him. But I mean, if it was me, I probably wouldn't have. So, well, we're here at the Poorly Made Police podcast. We're, which is me, just me. I'm really sorry that you got a ticket from a cop. I'm, I get it, man. Um, we're all thinking about you right now, and uh, you, you be strong, and it's gonna be okay. All right, man. It will be. We're all, be we're all praying for you, buddy. Uh, let's see what we got here. Uh, but really, don't don't fucking write cops, you stupid prick. I may have called a cop a cuck on this podcast once for writing another cop for going 15 over that could have happened what's the weirdest thing that's ever happened to you on a traffic stop mm, i'm gonna have to think about that for a minute uh, while you're thinking about that one of the other questions i know was on here was what it was like your most obvious dui stop so i don't know if you have like a good dewey one to talk about that you can't talk uh, about yeah i got it I, I got a, a decent one. I, I can't really think of anything. I'm sure there's something that's been a little bit more obscure. Uh, stopped a guy once. That was what well, we got a call about at first. Uh, we catch up to him. He's whenever we had to go get him. I mean, he was he, he was pissy drunk and it was bad. And most people were like he's like, oh, I got to pee. I got to pee. So you know, you hear that all the time. She's like, yeah, bullshit, whatever. But he, he kept going on about. It. He kept going on about. It. I was like, I was like, <sighs> I was like, you know what? Whatever. I don't want him to have some kind of defensive. Oh yeah, I couldn't do. You know the one they could stand or the walk and turn because I, I was shaking so bad because I had to pee. So I was like, I was like, you know what? It was dark out. There was, there was nobody around. So I was like, so I kept an eye on him. I was like, yeah, just, just go, go pee by a truck real quick. Well, I mean, he is, he is pissing for like a solid two minutes. I'm not even exaggerating. I thought it was never going to end. I thought it was some kind of like, I thought he was pouring a water bottle out, honestly, because I wasn't like directly looking at him, but it was just, it, it was crazy to me. I mean, he, he was peeing for like a solid two minutes, but I mean, that's not that great. I'm sure I have a better story. I just can't think of it at the moment, but yeah, it's always hard when you're put on the spot, like, Hey, right. come up with a great story. And you know, like I have fucking eight years worth of great stories. And if you ask me that right now, I'd be like, uh, now it is kind of funny, like drunks and it, we probably all do it when we're fucking toasted too, but it's comical. Like I can tell you so many times I took somebody to jail at night and they're pissed drunk. And they're like, hey, I got to pee. Which, all right, whatever. So you go take them to pee. And it's comically long. It's <laughs> You're kind of snickering because you're like, it's impressive. Like, how do they have this much liquid built up in their body? I always would get mad when they didn't wash their hands, though. They fucking take a piss. They'd be like, all right, put the handcuffs back on. I'm like, wash your hands, motherfucker. Now, is there a charge in Louisiana for negligent operation? Negligent operation? Well, I'm asking because this is part of a question on here. I've never heard of such a charge, but I know some places don't use model traffic code. I think the only thing that I can think of that would be similar to that would be in Louisiana. You have careless operation, which is people say it's like the catch all, but like, it's kind of like a tack on charge. Like, see, you had a car going, you know, 25 over the speed limit and they're weaving in and out of traffic. It's not quite, but they're controlling the car. They're not like almost hitting things. It's not quite reckless, 
but it's also more than just, you know, changing lanes without a signal or whatever and speeding, you know. So careless is kind of like the middle ground to that. Or careless is also written sometimes for paying attention to something else in the car. And then you get in a crash and then you're the at-fault driver because you're distracted by something at the car when you should have been paying attention to the road. That can be considered careless operation. But as far as what their negligent operation or whatever, I haven't heard of that. But that's probably the closest thing to that that I can think of. All right. Well, I'll, I'll use careless um, for this question. And I would say most of the wrecks that I worked as a patrol guy, careless was, a, I would say like 70% of the crashes I worked, that was probably the best charge to make fit. Right. Well, let me ask you this. Cause now we're talking about it. Some, somebody at a stoplight creams the guy in front of them. I would charge careless because they're not paying attention to the road. They fucking ass ended somebody that was stopped for a stoplight and they just ran into him. What would you charge? That's about right. Sometimes I have, I have charged like following too closely. Like whenever like traffic backs up and like, they just barely bump each other. It's like, Oh, I tried to stop in time, but I, I just couldn't or whatever. You know, that'd be like following too closely, quote unquote, but just blatantly not paying attention to the road and running in the back. Somebody. Yeah. Careless is the most fitting in my opinion. Now the following too closely. I had a traffic cause I, I did that. I think I was like, as a rookie, that was what I was going with, with that. And then a traffic guy, I, I was just chatting with him and he said, don't do that charge because it's following too closely until they hit the car. And then once they hit the car, then it becomes careless. And so that was, that made sense in my book. And so I always did it that way, but that I'm does sure, make sense. yeah, I'm sure it depends state to state. And I don't, do you guys use model traffic code or you guys use something else? Cause model traffic code is essentially, in Colorado is essentially what all the traffic citation is based off of. No, I think Louisiana is independent. They have their own unique statutes for different things. Fair enough. All right. Uh, let's see what we got here. Are you a AC or a windows down kind of guy? So it kind of depends. One of the things I used to do was ride my windows down because I think there's a lot that goes on that you can hear outside of your car. You know, I'm, I'm talking from the perspective of like when I was previously like, you know, a beat cop. Um, you ride through neighborhoods, you can hear things. You just get a lot more of what's going on around you if you have your windows down. So I'd say windows down for that kind of thing. But, um, I mean, just parked up typing a report or something. If not parked up with somebody, obviously AC. You know, it, it really just depends. I mean, just depends. Yeah, I'm generally, and I'm not going to say I never had my windows up, but for the reasons you said, Windows down so you could hear what's going on around you. Not only for criminal activity, but to protect yourself too. Is the windows up muffles quite a bit of sound. So if you know somebody's gonna sneak up on you or whatever, it's good to have your window down so you can hear what's happening. Which mm -hmm. sucks when the weather sucks. But you gotta you have to make that judgment call. Do I want to be cold or do I want to hear the guy sneaking up on me? Yeah. And when I would do it, if if it's like super hot outside, I would just crack my windows about an inch and you can still still hear pretty well. I mean, it's not the same as if the windows were down, but it's better than nothing. So at, at least windows cracked most of the time. So now the next question I have, and I have no authority to speak on this because I've never tried. Are Cajun fries from five guys really Cajun fries? It depends on what you, I guess what you call quote unquote Cajun fries. I mean, that. They basically just taste like fries with Tony Sachery sprinkled on them. I don't really know how to explain it. I don't know. I, I guess. 
I don't know what. Well, t- okay, so tell me. I don't fucking even know what Cajun fries are. Tell me what Cajun fries are. <sighs> You're asking the wrong guy. I'm not really. You know, I'm. I live here now. We got a phony. We got a phony. Everyone here. We got a fucking phony. He said he was a, a bitter phony. Louisiana cop, but he's a fucking transplant. Have you ever worked a collision? I'm going to call it an accident. An accident versus alligator. I have versus alligator. Oh man, that's disappointing. What? Thanks for ruining my podcast. Sorry, I mean Jesus. Well, I have heard of it though. I, I have like the other, the other like air, like the other uh, like districts or areas that we had in our sheriff's office because the area I used to work is mostly, it, it's mostly densely populated urban, but um, we did have one of our um, sections that that did have a lot of like open country to it, so that was a thing over there. But we're like the, the area I worked, not so much. Okay, being a city cop. Because a lot of dudes bitch about taking the accidents with the car, you know, the deer crashes. I, fuck, I never took one. I was lucky. There, I mean, there was deer in some of the parks, but I guess they didn't, they didn't run out in front of cars. So I can't, I mean, there's a fuckload of autopeds, but I didn't never work to a critter versus a car. So I guess that was one of the things I missed in law enforcement. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Not, not even deer, huh? Look at you. What a lucky fella. Yeah, I mean, I've seen a lot of seen a lot of bums hit by cars, but not a lot of no animals. <laughs> bums really like getting hit by cars. That's a scientific fact. <sighs> yeah, they sure and, do. No, here's the thing, and I I had this conversation with my kids the other day. Almost every single autoped is the ped's fault. Very rarely is it the car's fault because people are crossing when they're not supposed to cross or walking in the road drunk, all kinds of crazy shit, laying down in the road, being an idiot. It hardly ever is it actually the car's fault. It's usually, well, it's never the car's fault. It would be the person driving the car, but it's always the pedestrian's fault. Almost always. Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah. I would say all the ones that I've seen, at least four out of five were always the pedestrian's fault. Well, that's that's not I mean, that's not always that's not very good math. (laughs) I would say at least four. I'd say four out of five are the pedestrian's fault. It's like the the dentist four out of five dentists agree that it's always the pedestrian's fault. Yeah, I would I would go a little higher. I would say like nine out of ten, which is only 10 percent higher for you mouth places out there. But it was I mean, it was a substantial portion it was old it was almost always the uh other guy's fault um i think the last instagram question we have on here oh we can't ask that so never mind well buddy we've kind of come uh towards the towards the end of the podcast but as you know and the millions of people that will listen to this podcast one day know i have a bunch of questions lined up well not a bunch because we answered some of them we we answered the poop question we uh answered the new question about only fans the next question your thoughts and opinions on Crown Vicks. I love them. My, my, my experience was limited with them, though, because I got I got in the, you know, the generation of Explorers. So that was all I've driven so far. But besides, we had a couple Crown Vicks floating around as, like, cool cars. And uh, every once in a while, you down your car. Like, I almost looked forward to it. So I got to drive a Crown Vic around for a week or two. But uh, if I had to pick between the two, which my experience with any other vehicles has been limited, I would definitely say Crown Vic. Now, here's a little update on my Crown Vic. It, uh, I knew for a while that it needed spark plugs. And I, I got to be honest with you guys. I'm fucking, I'm not mechanically inclined. I'm fucking worthless when it comes to a car. And 
So anyway, I take it the mechanic and the, they put in the new spark plugs and wires and shit. And it's, it's running better than uh, when I got it. So I'm very happy about that. It's still a piece of shit because it's old and it has a lot of problems, but it's my piece of shit and I love it. So I'm excited that the, uh, the poorly made police memes Vic is, is getting, getting healed, getting better. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe I'll put some money into it and like fix some of the other issues with it. But I mean, it is kind of fun to drive just having, there's something about a junker. It's, I don't know. It's entertaining to me. You never know if you're going to get there or not. It's great. Yeah, it's a little victory every time you make it where you're going, you know? Yeah, it's great. Well, I have a I have a drive to uh, the big city coming up to go see a ritual. And if you, if you know, you know. And I'm like, God, it's like a two-hour drive. Do I take the Vic or do I take the fucking minivan? And I really don't want to miss the concert. I mean, the ritual. I'm fucking, I'm going to take a, maybe a reliable car, which don't make fun of me. Don't at me for trashing my Vic, but it's old it's 20 years old it's got the problems the next question i have for you good sir the word of the day do you have any a word or a phrase you want people to use in their reports <sighs> maybe put on the radio if they're daring i would say i guess i'll just pick one and, and there's nothing crazy about it i would say qualms i like that it's nice and simple it's a good word i like it you've done well my son qualms i like it for the <laughs> millions of people Millions and billions of people. By the way, remember, million million uh, listens to the podcast, million downloads, I will get a poorly made police memes tattoo. And I said at 2 million, I'd get a tramp stamp, which I hope, I mean, I, I really want the podcast to explode, but I really don't want a tramp stamp. So we'll see. But uh, do you have any thoughts uh, for everybody listening to the podcast? Any words of wisdom you want to share to everybody? I guess a, a big thing is like, like, the thing I mentioned to you about like the windows down thing or whatever, like that's very important. A lot of people, and of course it takes some experience being out there to be able to kind of at least know what you're doing. So you can take a big, a more detailed look at things, but just learn to slow down a little bit. And I know somebody mentioned this in the pre one of the previous podcasts I listened to, but he, he was definitely right. You learn to slow down a little bit, pay a little bit more attention to what's going on around you because there's a lot of things, especially like when you're new, that's, you're not even going to realize they're happening when they're really they're happening right underneath your nose. So I think slow down is a um, good piece of advice. Another thing I'd have to say is that don't be afraid to, you know, if, if you think that where you are, you aren't happy with, don't be afraid to take a jump, you know, take a leap towards what you think is going to make you happier because I, I know it's, you know, it is true. The grass isn't always green on the other side, but at the same time, the grass might actually be greener on the other side. So I think take a leap of faith is also a good, important piece of advice because, you know, failing is, you know, it's temporary. It fades away eventually, but regretting not taking a chance that that does stick with you forever. But, uh, Oh yeah, absolutely. Real quick to just kind of jump on the, uh, slowing down bandwagon. Cause I think that's something we should probably talk about more often. <laughs> I'm of the opinion there is definitely a segment of cops that are maybe overly paranoid. Don't, I feel like that's the second time I've said that. Don't at me, but it's true. There are some people that are just kind of wild paranoid and I get it. Dangerous job. You got to watch your back. You got to be paying attention all the time. But with that said, there's also, I think a segment of cops that don't understand how dangerous their job is. And how much shit is going on. And if you pay attention, you will see it. And it's, yeah. some people get it right away. And, and sometimes it's a learned thing. And sometimes 
they never get it and then they promote but there's always more going on than you know slow down ask questions um don't half-ass shit not to not to steal your thunder but my three cents on there i think like a big part of that is like i know for me like when i was completely brand new at it the first like year and a half year year and a half two years like i was just trying to make sure that i was doing everything right you know more than i was trying to focus on the little things but once once you get to the point where you can show up to any kind of call and you're like i've handled this before i know what to do once you have that confidence you don't you're not you know kind of shuffling around trying to figure out what to do but now you're taking a step back and you're looking at the small things like like one thing that's always just kind of like intrigued me a little bit is like people's body language and how you can basically read what's going on with somebody just based on the things they're doing or the tone of voice or how fast they're speaking or like a whole myriad of things will tell you so much about what's going on. But yeah, I think that's one of those things that like it kind of takes a look. Yeah. Kind of got to get your feet wet before you can really start doing that. Like make sure you know how to do everything the right way first and then it'll start coming to you over time. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's not the matrix, right? You're, you know, or maybe it is the matrix because Neo doesn't get the jump the first time. It's been a long time since I watched the movie. So this may be a bad analogy, but you know, you can't get frustrated if you don't understand everything within like a year or two years or even fucking five years, because there is a lot to it. And you know, everybody's like, Oh, police need more training and blah, blah, blah. And they don't want it to do. And a lot of the shit is learned through time and experience. There's some shit you just can't train. There's a lot of shit that should be trained and we don't train because we're doing dumb training that's mandated by the state. But oh yeah, there is a lot and there's a lot to take in to be a good cop. And even if you're 10 years, 15 years on, you don't know everything. No. There's guys that have experienced different things, different ways, seen different things. No call is exactly the same. I mean, sometimes it feels like Groundhog's Day where you're like, oh, fucking another DV. But right. when you start getting into that mindset, you do start to miss things. Like if you yeah, read the call dang. notes, yeah. If you read the call notes and, or you get dispatched or something and you hear it, you might, you may play it out in your head before you even get there, which I think is okay. But you have to understand that when you get there, it's going to be different. Dispatch notes are never right. And that's not a trash on dispatch. It's just, there's always translation issues. Things get translated differently. Things get typed out differently. You can't, it's like playing the telephone thing. You, you don't hear the emotion in people's voices. And like you were saying, the body language and frequently not to go way far off in the left field, but sometimes on posts on the internet, you might find something like this guy's being crashed and rude, but you don't really know that they're being that because you can't, you can't tell what they're the inflection of their voices. You don't fucking know what they're actually saying. You just, the words, words are a lot different than what's actually being said, if that makes sense. So don't yeah. get caught up in the routine calls because there's no such thing as a routine call and every single thing you go to should be different or you should look at it based on the individual facts and circumstances of that case. Even if it's people you've been to, you've been to their house before, you know who they fucking are. You can use that information to help you, but every situation should be treated as being unique. And if you just kind of get into that, and this is my opinion, but if you get into that flavor of, everything's exactly the same. I think that's when corners are cut and that's when things are missed. And that's when investigations start getting fucked up. Yeah. So thanks for coming to my Ted talk. Oh yeah. No problem. Yeah. Well, Hey buddy, I, uh, I appreciate all the time you gave me this evening. 
I think it was uh, enlightening for the folks that are uh, not really sure what's going on in Louisiana. I think it's really the first time we visited the deep south. I, well, we went to Mississippi. Is Mississippi the deep? Yeah, that's on the fucking... Right next to us, yeah. Yeah, I guess that's the south too. The second time we've gone to the uh, the deep south. But it's always good to hear different perspectives from all different you know lives. I think the last few podcasts we've had some very experienced dudes and now we not to, i'm not saying this to be detrimental but you are a newer guy and you have different right, minds yeah. new, so it, it's good to hear different flavors you know thanks for tuning in to this very poorly made police podcast if you want to support this very poorly made police memes podcast be a, a monthly donor there's a link at the end of every podcast at the very bottom of the description you click on that Put in your credit card information and you can uh, keep the lights down on here. I know you guys are paying 14 bucks to see that chick on OnlyFans. You can pay me a little bit of money too, okay? I'm not going to show you my tits. You don't want to see them. But what I do is give you very poorly made content. So help me out a little bit. And then, of course, buy some merch. Uh, like I said, the patches, if they're still there, go snag a couple of those before they're gone. I may do a different patch or a new patch. So it'll be the third patch later on in the summer. I got mugs, shirts, all kinds of stuff. So go check it out. And uh, like I mentioned on the last podcast, is I, I have something nice and new and shiny that will be coming soon. I think you guys will enjoy it. And of course, take care of the fine sponsors of this podcast because without them, I wouldn't be able to do this. So thank them and uh, go patronize them, take care of them, make this podcast viable. So with that said, you guys all be safe out there. I did want to mention... It's been really a rough start of the year for law enforcement. There's a lot of cops have been lost. I mean, a ton of line of duty deaths. I'm sure you've noticed that too, right? I mean, there's been a fucking ton this week. Yeah, so, there ha- there has been a lot recently. Yeah, it's it's hard. I mean, it's fucking hard to turn on social media and see another officer down. I think as we're recording this, three officers were shot in Houston. It sounds like they're going to be okay. I don't know if that's changed since I started recording this, but take care of each other. You know, this bullshit. Oh, there's not a war on police. Maybe there's not a war, but there's certainly a lot of emboldened fucking assholes. And there's a lot of pieces of shit that are trying to mow down cops. So just be out there taking care of each other. We all, you know, cops, law enforcement, their supporters really need to stick together through all this fucking bullshit. So, and then take care of the families, man. If you work somewhere or you guys have lost somebody, take care of the families. All right. And their kids. All right. Uh, that was a Debbie Downer, but you guys all stay safe out there. And, uh, remember I love most of you. Bye-bye.